Thanks, worship team, encouraging us today. It's always good to sing. Music is an important part of being Christian, to be reminded of the truth. Um, today, uh, today is going to be a little different. I just want to warn you about that, and just I want to share some news with you, some family news, that we've had a tragedy in our church this week. Some of you have already heard about it. Um, a uh, young family that used to be a part of us here, they're in uh, Colorado, the Bishers, Romeo and Jessica Bisher. Uh, their uh, youngest son, I think he's eight or nine months old, he uh, died tragically this week. Uh, during his nap time, he, he died. And uh, as we as a church, uh, when we're a family, I know that uh, you, you guys all know about being family, right? You know that it's... That, doesn't happen to you, you're, you're fine, right? No, that's not true. When a family hurts, they hurt together. And so uh, today uh, is going to be a little different because of that. Um, I want to encourage you about some things just uh, practically for the Bishers this morning. Uh, uh, for, first of all, um, tomorrow night we're going to gather here in the sanctuary and just pray for them. If you know them, if you don't know them, if you want to come and just pray, uh, that would be an important thing. Pastor Mike always says, you know, uh, you know, we can't do anything else but pray, but it's the least we can do, but it's also the most we can do as well. Uh, there's nothing more powerful, there's nothing more important uh, than us to pray. And uh, I want to encourage you to not quit praying. Um, uh, a little young lady in our church, uh, she asked, you know, can, can you ever nag God? Can you ever not God? No, you can't. Over and over again. He loves to hear the, his children's voices bringing their requests, their heart requests before him. And so uh, do it at all kinds of times, you know, during the day. If you're thinking of them, they're probably needing your prayers. And even in the night, I know some of you don't sleep very well because you, you're trying to fix the world at night. Um, if God wakes you up, pray for them uh, because there's a lot of needs that go on in these days, and these obviously are difficult days for them. I also want to tell you practically, um, there's this paper out in the lobby. Uh, this has the information. Uh, there's a memorial fund set up for them uh, through the missions organization that they're connected to um, that you can participate. Uh, there are many needs at a time like this. Uh, uh, Romeo's a working man uh, that doesn't... Uh, have income coming in, and he's going to need some time, and they have a family that uh, other kids as well, and life keeps going on, and so uh, we want to be a part of them and support them. They were a part of our church. In fact, Jessica grew up here at Bear Valley Church. She was part of the youth group. Uh, she, I met her actually in junior high, um, and uh, God did a work in her life right here. She got married, and now... Uh, they're um, actually, they had served in Peru as missionaries for a while. They're back in the States now. Um, and so, so we're with them. We're uh, a partner with them. And uh, we can't go through this for them, but we definitely can be a family to them as they grieve. And uh, even, even as that is, they, they've only been in Colorado. Uh, actually, Israel, the little boy, uh, Israel, um, he was born here this, I think it was last May, and um, they're going to have a service here uh, on March 8th, which is a week from Wednesday at 2 o'clock, and so you can mark that on your calendars, and 
uh, think of ways that we're going to need some, obviously, we're going to need some help serving and uh, stuff like that, too. So March 8th at 2 uh, p.m. in the afternoon. I want to pray for them now, and uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about this um, as we, as a church, seek to uh, seek our God in the midst of uh, uncertainty and uh, feeling um, the pain of life. Please join with me in prayer. Uh, God, we ask, um, we don't understand all that goes on, and we don't understand always um, your plan and your purposes. We know that you're good and kind and merciful. We know that you love us. Uh, you love Romeo and Jessica and the kids, and we know you love little Israel too. And so we call upon you, uh, the God who loves us so much, to minister in a special way to the Bishop family. We ask that even today, uh, Lord, that you would grant them comfort, uh, being the God of all comfort, that you would grant them comfort that comes from you. We realize the comfort that this world um, hands out is really empty and it doesn't work. It's uh, sweet for a moment, but leaves us hollow. And we know that you're the only one who understands what they're going through. And so we ask that in a special way that you would extend your grace and your mercy to them for this day, uh, strength for today. Uh, we ask that you would guard their minds and hearts uh, from all the thoughts and uh, questions that could come up and that they would, um, in simple faith, trust you today. God, we ask that you would uh, motivate us uh, to get in the game, to not sit uh, on the sidelines, but uh, realize that life is important and that uh, it is difficult, and that we would take this opportunity to both serve you and to draw near to you. Uh, God, do your work in your church today and in the life of the Bishers. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today, um, the title of my message, I don't know what I put on your uh, little pieces of paper there, um, but today the title of the message, Cross It Out, is when things happen, when things happen. And, and as I, I think of different things that could happen, and, and I don't like to, to be honest with you, I, I don't like to change course. Like I'm, you know, I like to be boring and predictable and Matthew 26, you know, we're just going to keep plowing through. But um, life sometimes warrants that we would take a detour um, and these aren't detours that are bad detours. These are good detours. And for me here today, um, I, I want to tell you that little Israel uh, passed away this last week. And uh, we have another uh, person in our church that uh, has a family member that lost a little infant uh, a week and a half ago. Um, and the heartbreak to that. Um, I also know that uh, at our church in Petaluma that we got to be a part of up there, there was a, a family that uh, their son has been uh, found out that he has cancer, their little son. I think he's three, right? I think. Um, you know, so there's stuff that goes on. There's stuff that goes on. Things happen. Um, personally, uh, some of you know this, some of you don't. Uh, Rebecca and I lost our son, Joshua. Uh, he was our, our firstborn. Um, he would have been 22 next month. And so we, we experienced some of this. We looked at life and we were like, we're, we're fine. We lived in some ways a very charmed life. 
up to that point and hadn't experienced any significant pain. And then God said, uh, yes, this is time for you to go through this as part of his good plan. Uh, some of you also know that Mike and Paula, uh, Mike and Paula Lore, that they've lost two uh, sons, and uh, Billy and Jeremy. And so uh, I share this with you not to cause you to worry and fret to the future, but to prepare you, to prepare you, um, to not so that you would brace yourself and think that somehow you can avoid, but to know this, to know this, that God can get you through these things, whatever they may be. Um, and when things happen, um, there's a process for a believer in Jesus Christ, for someone who's trusted in him to think through. I know many of you have experienced other heartaches as well, uh, losing siblings, uh, others of you have lost children uh, that have died, and um, you, you put it together in your mind that they, you would die, and then they would die, uh, but that was not part of God's plan. Uh, I want to tell you that um, it's not that God um, doesn't care about you, but that His plan will prevail. Um, he doesn't check with us and say, what were you planning today? Let me do it for you. Um, but these things happen as part of his plan. So if we can uh, go to God's word, I want to pray for us first. Um, I realize that um, there's this thing that goes on that sometimes it's hard to hear. It's hard to hear from God um, because we've got all, all kinds of thoughts and emotions. And sometimes we argue with God. Sometimes our heart is cold. Um, but I, I want to pray that God would work in our hearts. Uh, that we would hear from him this morning. God, um, we're needy people. We have sung, Lord, I need you. And uh, that's true today. It was true yesterday too. And it'll be true tomorrow. Um, God, help us to see ourselves as needy people, thirsty this morning, that we would be eager to hear from you. Eager. God, I pray that we would not argue with you uh, in our hearts, but that we would hear from you and that you would prepare us for today and the days ahead. And God, I ask that you would do your healing work in our church, that you would cause us to be more obedient, submissive, uh, faithful followers of you. Uh, God, thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, uh, I have some points that hopefully will be helpful for all of us. There are five points if you're keeping score. Um, and uh, it's when things happen, when things happen. And it, it's kind of this idea how to think about this, how to, how to think like God thinks, how to follow his thoughts. Um, I, I won't look for a show of hands. Uh, how many of you have crazy family members? I won't look for a show of hands. Um, that are always coming up with crazy ideas, crazy thoughts. And chances are, uh, when, time, when tough times happen, they are talking. They are talking. Uh, crazy people who have crazy ideas don't stop talking when chaos... You know, I, I, some of you have heard me say this, and um, almost all the dysfunction of family comes up at two times. Weddings and the death of a loved one. And that, that just comes up. And, and, and so for us to think clearly about these things is critical. Uh, it's critical for us. And all families struggle 
to some degree or another. My first point this morning is this. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Um, we, we sing songs that uh, have the word sovereign in the, that, the, them that we sing about our God being sovereign. I realize that for the most part, that's not a word that we use every day. We don't use that uh, when we're playing baseball or when we're working on our house or uh, when we're shopping or if we do shopping, it's kind of weird. But um, th- this idea of sovereignty, that God is sovereign, uh, means this, that he is the supreme authority. He is the one who controls and has power over all that has happened, that is happening, and that will happen in the future in all times across all history. It's this idea that he is over all. Not in a sense of uh, like just a king that sits on his throne, but that he covers all of history that he is not uh, powerless, that he is in control, that, that he sits on his throne and that nothing escapes his eye. He doesn't fall asleep, nor does he take his hand off the wheel and say, oh no, I don't know where this is going to go, but that he is sovereign all the time. When my own son died, um, I was in seminary and... Uh, Seminary is a weird place. It's a very weird place because you're you're drowning in the scripture and you're you're kind of philosophizing at the same time. You're trying to think big thoughts. And I remember uh, as my son died, we had it was a few days after. I think it was almost a week after we had gone over to Santa Barbara, and I, my head was spinning like I I just didn't know you know what to think or how to think about this, and so. I took my Bible and I went up to my parents' den and I said, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. Uh, by the way, that didn't go over very well. Like I, I sat there for hours, but I didn't figure it out. But one of the verses that came to me as I, I searched the scripture and it, there w- wasn't any profound thoughts, but this was one of them. Psalm 115 verse uh, 3 says this, Our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. And I tried to wrap my head around the idea that somehow that uh, God was over all the day that my son died, the day that Israel died. Uh, That that little Israel, that little guy, um, was a blessing to that family. And the idea that... uh, it wasn't just an accident and that God is hard, it's hard. And, but to know this, that the scripture tells us that God is overall and that uh, his plan, he does whatever he pleases. And, and a lot of times when we hear those words, um, someone says, I, I do whatever I please. We realize what they're saying is I'm selfish and I can do whatever I want. This is not what God is. But to know this, that he is overall and that his plan does come to fruition. As we look at this, uh, it also says in Romans chapter eight, and it couples the same idea of that God is sovereign over all. In Romans chapter eight, verse 28, many of you know this, it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. 
And I have a confidence this morning, um, not in myself and not in Romeo and Jessica. I don't. I, I think in, uh, in the flesh, in what we have, we can't make it. We can't make it. But I know, I know this, that because they are God's children, uh, because they are his and that God has purpose for their life, that this is going to work for them. They will make it. Uh, not without scars and not without change, but uh, they will make it because God's plan is working out in their life. I, I want to tell you that uh, everybody goes through things like this, whether they walk with the Lord or not. Um, we'll get to this in a moment, but I, I want to tell you that if you don't walk with God here this morning, I want to tell you, your schedule is not going to come uh, to fruition either. And what are you going to do? Are you going to trust in your own devices? Or are you going to kick around the idea of, I should have been here instead of there. I should have done this instead of that. And I, I, you know, I, I can somehow manipulate the future that nothing bad will happen to me, nothing outside of my will and my plan. And I want to tell you this. There's a loving God. There's a loving God who is sovereign over all. And this is the one that we trust in. Okay? When we have days that uh, come together as we love, we, we say this, God is good. And he was in control of today. But also to know that that same truth is true in the days that we can't fathom, that uh, weren't a part of our plan. Which brings us uh, to my point number two, and this is uh, what we struggle with and maybe continue to struggle with, and we always struggle with, is this life is and seems senseless. That this life is and seems senseless. Many of you know about the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, this great ruler, great wealth, uh, he had all the pleasures of life. And throughout that book, he says, meaningless, meaningless, or vanity of vanities, the, the idea of the futility of life over and over again. And, and, and he, he has all the best of life, and he talks about that, and then he says, meaningless, meaningless. This idea of vanity of vanities, that it, it seems senseless. It's interesting, especially... Um, in, uh, when you're young, uh, a young man or a young woman, when they first, uh, come to adulthood, there's this question, you know, first they pursue pleasure, but in some part of their youth, they flip the switch and they say, I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it better than my parents. I'm going to be a better parent. I I'm going to seek a better life. I'm going to get a better job. I'm going to have more fulfillment than they had. I, I, I have a better path. And by being smarter and by thinking about it more, I'm going to escape this idea of the meaningless life. That usually happens when you're young. Uh, you get a few more miles on your tires. Uh, it comes to you still, right? You look at decisions you've made. You look at uh, dollars that you made. I was rich one day, but where is it now? I don't know where it is now. It had wings and it flew away, Proverbs says. 
I had my health and I, I was going to preserve it. And yet now I'm going to the doctor all, all the time and I'm asking him, put me back to the original specs. Could you somehow fix what's broken? And we hold out this idea that somehow uh, everything's going to be the same again. And yet we fall into the same trap. We feel like we're on a squirrel's wheel where we find the meaninglessness of life. In the same passage in Romans chapter 8, I want to read this to you. Romans chapter 8, in verse 20, it says this. And and this is prior to uh, what we just read in Romans chapter 8, that we know that God works all things together for good. Prior to that, he says this. "For, For the creation was subjected to futility or meaninglessness, the senseless, uh, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willing, uh, not willingly, but because of him who subject, subjected it in hope, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain freedom of, of the glory of the children of God. And then he says this, verse 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. What he describes here is this, that there is a sense of groaning to creation, that this life is filled with this idea of things that don't fit, things that make it seem senseless, things that kind of take uh, the heart out of us like a death like the frustration of life, like uh, health problems that cripple us. And, and, and we look at this and we say, well, how? Like, it just seems meaningless. I try so hard and I can't escape. I want to tell you, creation tries so hard, but they can't escape. We seek meaning, uh, but if we seek it in the temporal things of this life and creation, guess what? It'll end up, if we see it clearly, as this senselessness or this meaninglessness. In the middle of this passage in Romans chapter 8, it says this. And I read it already. Creation is subject to futility, verse 20, not willingly. And then it says, but because of him who subjected it. And then it says in hope, in hope. That God is somehow using the senselessness of this life to cause us to reach out and find our hope in Him. In Him. I'd love to tell you, I'd love to tell you, I would love to tell you that this will never happen again. I'd love to tell you that. I'd love to tell you it'll never happen to you or your family. I'd love to tell you that. Um, I, I look at especially uh, our young parents in our, our church and I, I want, sometimes I don't want to even share my own story and just say, eh, I'll allow you to be in the bliss of the moment. But I know that that's not true. I know that there's a sense of groaning and creation and the pain of this life that it may not be your child, but it might be your grandchild. It, it may not be uh, you or your husband, but it might be your sister or your brother. You, you know, you, you look at these things and you go, how can I escape? Where can I go? And I want to tell you this, 
Hope is not found in everything turning out right according to my plan, but hope is found in the Creator. Hope is found in your God who will see you through anything. He will see you through anything. Um, As we look at life, there's no way to be confident unless you know you you hold the hand of the one who holds the future. And that whatever happens on the next side of that hill, he can be trusted. He can be trusted. And so as we sit here today, as part of being together, is that we look at the, the bumps and bruises and scrapes of the people next to us, and we turn to one another and say, it's okay. He can be trusted. I've gone through this. I know that he can be trusted. I, I think so often of uh, you ladies and men who, who have gone through miscarriages and stillborns, and there's a camaraderie that you have that's an encouraging thing. It, I've told so many of you that uh, having uh, children is a high-risk business. It really is. And, and some, of, some people say, well, I don't want to have kids. I don't want to have the heartache. Um, I know what a pain I was to my parents, and I don't want that in my life. I want to tell you, uh, that's not trusting the Lord. The Lord says this, that's good. The children are a gift. And there's this idea that says, uh, I'm scared, I'm fearful, I don't know what the future holds, but I can trust him. I can trust him. Um, I realize, too, that uh, some of you are dealing with other things when things happen. The, the wayward child that goes on, you know, you said there are no guarantees. There are no guarantees. But we trust him, and we go and we proceed ahead. Uh, even though life is senseless and meaningless, we know that there's hope, not in uh, ourselves or in the contingencies. And, and, and this is a danger. Um, what happens in our information age is this. Um, how many of you have heard of a food recall? Food recall. Um, you've heard Costco recalled something, broccoli. Uh, and you say, well, I'm never going to buy broccoli from Costco again. And then it goes to another store, and you say, well, broccoli's the deal. I'm never going to eat broccoli again. Some of you are using that as an excuse, by the way. Um, but, but you think in your mind, well, I'll, I'll just never do that, that you just make a new plan. Parents, we do this. We say this. Um, I heard of a story one time uh, of a, a kid who went to school, and he got drugs, so I'm never going to send my kid to school. That, that, that's my answer. Or we say this. I knew of another kid who went to such and such school, private school, and they became selfish and greedy and walked away from the Lord. I'm not going to do that. Never going to do that. Or maybe it's for for younger ones. We say this, that uh, we heard of this scenario, this scenario, where uh, we bought this car seat and they got in an accident. It was all, so we're never, that, that car seat, we got to get a better car seat. And, and finally, we get to the place where Uh, We got the $600 car seat, and that's going to save us in life. And I want to tell you this. um, This is not about trusting in our own devices, our own ingenuity. This is living in this senseless world, finding our hope in the God who loves us so much. You know, uh, the the amount of mistakes that each one of us make in a day and the things that we do wrong, uh, it's inescapable. It's inescapable, but for us to look at life and say, I will, uh, I will walk with him. And this is where 
I guess that's point three, by the way. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself, which is okay. Hopefully these goes together. So number two is this life is and seems senseless. Number three is this. We are all called to walk by faith. And I want to say it this way, to get through the day, to get through the day. Um, if you're wondering what life is like for the Bishers today, and I don't know, like I, I, I spoke with Romeo a couple of days ago, and, but I don't know exactly, but this is what I'm guessing. They're just trying to get through the day. They're just trying to, trying to make it to the nighttime and then trying to make it, you know, figure out tomorrow, tomorrow, right? Um, and how do we do that? How, how do we do that? We walk by faith today. In 2 Corinthians, Paul speaks of this idea in chapter 5. And if you look at the passage, it's in uh, thinking about death and courage to face the day. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. And it says, so we're always of good courage. And you say, well, how can I always be of good courage? How can I always be ready for the day? How can I make it through any day? And you go, I don't know that that's true. So this is what it says. So we are always of good courage. Um, and then he says, we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. And then he says this, verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Verse 8 uh, Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. But hear that, verse 7, for we walk by faith. You've heard me talk about this before, this idea of walking. It's about living life. How do you live life? By faith. You know, there's uh, people have talked about science and the war of faith and science. And I just want to tell you this. I, 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 believe, I believe in science. I believe in science. As long as the science is truth, is true. Um, science uh, is based on observation. It's based on observation. If you observe something to be true, then it is true. The question that I have is just, did we get the observation right? Did we see what we really saw? Is it true what we, we've seen? Can we compute it? Did we make an accurate uh, assessment of what's going on? And I want to say that the reason that he calls us to walk by faith, not by science, is this. It's because science is based, listen to this, it's so super important. Science is based on the observer. If you're a good observer, you're going to come up with the right answer. But if you don't see the whole picture, if you cannot see what's going on, if you're darkened in your understanding, as the scripture says, you come to the wrong conclusion. And even today, with many of the things that are going on, the heartaches, some of you can observe and you say, oh, no good to follow after God because this could happen. And so I'm not going to follow after God because this could happen to me, so I don't want to go there. I want to tell you that we walk by faith, not by sight. There's this conversation we have with the Lord is this. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see today how this could be a part of your plan. 
Uh, one of the things Romeo said uh, on the phone as I spoke with him, and I knew he would, because uh, he knows the Lord. He knows the Lord. He knows the scriptures. And he just says, I know it's part of his plan, but I don't have to understand it. And that's, you know what that is? It's walking by faith. It, it's, it's there are times when you, you can't see anything. It's darkened, and you're just holding the hand of your father, saying, I trust in you. I can't see it. Uh, you look throughout the New Testament, and you'll see times and places where things didn't look right, and yet they were a part of the plan of God. We've been going through the book of Matthew. Is that any way to treat a king? No. And, and you start to say, well, God, wh why did you allow them to treat your son Jesus like that? And I want to say this, because it was part of his plan. And you say, why was it a part of his plan? I want to say this, to redeem us. To redeem us. To save us from our sins. So we are called to walk by faith. Fourth, uh, fourth point, um, and then just three words. Joy, prayer, thankfulness. Joy, prayer, thankfulness. Um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, it says this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I want to tell you, uh, those, those three things are, are the answer for every one of our days. Every one of them. Sometimes they're hard to get to. They're super hard to get to. And I want to be careful. I want you to be careful to, to not do this. Um, let me take something simpler. Let me take something simpler. I, I know we're talking uh, in the backdrop of little Israel passing away today. But let me take something simpler. Uh, what if you crash your car? What if you crash your car? Um, how do you deal with it? Some of you have done this where you've taken one of your cars and you've crashed it into the other one of your cars, okay? I know some of you have done that. I won't look for any testimonials this morning. And, and, and you might say, you look at this passage, joy, prayer, thanksgiving. And you say, I'm not happy about this. How do you pray about this? It's already over. It's already over. The dents are in there. You mean if I pray, they'll pop out and everything, the paint job? Or thankfulness. And, and some of us get to this weird Christian place where you say, I'm so happy my cars are crashed up. Love it. God, I, I just thank you for my cars crashing up, smashing. Thank you for getting to pay a deductible. Rates going up. That, that's it's a bad one. I'll just tell you that one in your own driveway. Um, and some of you would say, I, I'm so thankful about my cars being a mess right now. I don't think that's what the Lord was talking about. He, he, what he was giving us is three things that we can do all the time. But it's in him. It's, it's in him. Uh, you know, no matter what day you have, um, and it may not be this joyful happiness that you're laughing, but the, the, the joy in your heart that says, Lord, I know this day won't go on forever. Lord, I know I have you. I'm so thankful to have you. 
that my joy is not in the circumstance in the sense that I love what's going on, but my joy is in you. It's running you and it, it, I'm empty apart from that. You say, well, how can you pray at a time like that? And I say, you pray, uh, you pray crying out to the Lord. You pray whatever's going on in you and that uh, you can offload that to the Lord. You can give that even as First uh, Peter says, casting all your cares upon him. And be thankful um, to know that uh, even if you can't see it today, even if you can't see it today, that there will be another day and that somehow God's going to use. And you don't have to know why or how or when, but to know uh, that he can be trusted. Joy, prayer, thanksgiving. And lastly, this morning, um, uh, I want to share with you uh, one other important truth. And Zach's going to share a song with us in a moment. You can hop on your bench if you want. Uh, and grace upon grace. One of the things that uh, goes through our mind is this. And I know especially for you young moms, you're struggling to... You say, I don't know if I could go through that. I know Jessica, like, I don't know how she can go through it. I don't know how Romeo is going to be able to go on. I don't think I would be able to go on. And I want to give you this principle, grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. First grace, um, if you look over in James uh, chapter, uh, James chapter 4. And it, it's this idea of the humble life, the humble life and how that works out in the midst of everything that goes on and worldliness and everything else. But James chapter four, verse six says this, but he gives more grace. And I remember reading that going, what? He gives more grace? Like I already got grace at the point in time of my salvation. I got grace. I, I got a life. I got salvation that I didn't deserve or earn. He gave me grace. What could be greater than that? And I want to tell you, more grace. And it's grace upon grace. That First things first, if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ, if His grace is not sufficient for your life and your salvation right now, uh, start there. But I want to tell you, after you have come to know him, it's grace upon grace. It's grace for everything after that. First, Second Peter t- chapter 1 tells us that uh, he's given us everything that we need. And I want to say this. Everything that you need, he will give you. And it's grace upon grace that he lavishes on us. He gives it to us. Not before we need, but as we need. Grace upon grace. I'm going to ask Zach to play, and then I'm going to pray for us as we seek to um, make sense of this senseless life. and green. 
Father, we pray to you. We call upon your name. We know no other place to go. Um, God, we are overwhelmed at the senselessness of this life. We 
see it in these tragedies and we struggle, Lord. And yet when we look at you, you sit on your throne, you are confident, you know the future, so we hold your hand. God, we ask that you would cement these messages in our heart uh, this morning, that you would use the these truths to protect us. God, that we would not be swayed to and fro. God, we ask that you would cause us to be submissive and obedient to your will, guarded by your love. God, we uh, want to trust you. We want to walk in faith. Help us to cling to you in the times we cannot see uh, the sense of the day. God, do your good work in our church. Uh, God, we ask that you would continue to uphold the bishers as they mourn and they grieve, uh, but not as ones who grieve without hope. God, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, you are dismissed.